Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Racing. What is going on and welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris. As always, I am joined by my erudite co-host, Chris Rasick, and today we're going to be having a bit of an emergency Q4 preparedness podcast, although I guess it's not really an emergency. We do have a little bit of time. Uh, However, Q4 seems to be creeping further and further back in the calendar uh, every single year. Uh, Now, I know it seems probably just a touch early. Uh, to think about the stupendous season of selling that's just around the corner. Uh, But Amazon's already announced their dates for wanting inventory into Amazon for the holiday season. Uh, The Black Friday Cyber Monday cutoff is November the 2nd, uh, and the Christmas cutoff is December the 1st, uh, which is earlier than I ever remember. Now, these are... These are kind of guidelines more than they are like real hard dates, Uh, but I've never seen them this early. I know, Chris, this is what, Q4 number three for you, right? Yep. Have you ever ever seen the cutoff dates be this early in in year three? You probably got a better memory than I do. No, I want to say the the Christmas cutoff was, it was double digits. It was like December 10th or 12th or... That's what I thought. That's what I would have bet. Yeah. Now, it's it's curious to me because, so, Jeff, when he had his hands on the helm of the ship, uh, there was a, a rapid expansion of uh, fulfillment centers, distribution centers, uh, manpower, and all of that. Uh, and then Andy Jassy comes in and... Not only does that stuff like immediately stop, but they're also starting to pull back. I know they've canceled some contracts for new buildings being built uh, and even some that were like right in the middle, I read, of being built. They're like, you know what, we're going to go ahead and just put a full stop to this right now. Uh, So I would imagine that may be part of the reason that they're pulling back on these these dates uh, and they're, you know, losing a little bit of maybe manpower or, or space. Uh, and I know that things have been a little bit slower to get checked in currently. Uh, I'm hoping it gets better, but I would imagine that it won't be until next year. So I'm, I'm not really surprised by the dates. Um, anyway, before we hop into the episode, uh, any news this week that is uh, important to know? Yeah, the uh, one note on, on checking stuff in, uh, the boxes that they check in with zero units received and then close it out. Those <laughs> they're getting through those pretty quick. So, they are getting through those really fast, aren't they? That's yeah. That's one exception. So I don't know why they would need more time to do that, but uh, we'll, we'll just roll with it. Uh, yeah, the you know the big news, um, probably the biggest thing since we talked last uh, would be the the change in the restock limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon they, they just sent an email out letting the sellers know uh, about the update. Uh, and it was uh, as soon as I got the email, I, I checked and, and sure enough, there it was. Um, all FBA sellers uh, will see the restock limits updated um, and they're only allowing a, a four month 
uh, period of, of inventory to be in stock. Um, however, the excess inventory uh, will be restricted from restocking additional products until the inventory levels are below the limits, right? So it's so they're not letting you, uh, you know, stockpile a, a whole bunch of stuff um, as much as we would like to for the the coming Q4. Uh, so it's a, you know you need to make sure need to, need to make sure that you're aware of your limits. If you haven't checked, you know go into your FBA shipments and and there's those two uh, are those drop up menus. I don't they they kind of <laughs> click I guess they're drop up menus. Um, but yeah, make sure you check those. Uh, personally, mine was cut by about a third. Um, I think we've we've talked to other sellers that that it's possible you you may they may have lost up to a quarter. That's that's a little bit rare, but. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. So make sure you're aware of that um, it, it, it could factor into some decisions that we're making over the, over the next few months. Yeah. Now, some of the, I, I had a couple people on Instagram ask me, uh, which if you want to follow along on Instagram, it's at clear the shelf, uh, a little shameless plug there. Uh, but I did have some people ask, well, how, how can you make your restock limits go up? And it is possible uh, and one of my friends, a pretty smart uh, and longtime seller, uh, said he thinks it's all about um, it's all about how fast your inventory sells. And we, I, we always come back to this: how do you how do you increase your IPI? Well, sell faster things. Uh, how do you increase your restock limits? Sell stuff that moves faster. Uh, Amazon does not want to be; they don't want to be your warehouse. They want to be your clearing house. They want stuff in and out as quickly as possible, uh, and and that's what they are. Uh, that's what they're rewarding. So I also think there's, I don't know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, in my opinion, in merchant fulfilling this year, uh, as it has been last Q4 and the Q4 before that, and probably the Q4 before that as well. Uh, you know, but there's. If Amazon wants your stuff to be checked in so early for Christmas, uh, there I mean, that's 24 days before actual Christmas. It's like 22 days before the cutoff of shipping to your home for Christmas. So there's just going to have to be so much stuff that's merchant fulfilled. And one of the things I'm curious about from the restock limits and, you know, merchant fulfilling is how will the algorithm be changed or juiced by Amazon to either reward or hinder merchant fulfilled sellers this year. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be rewarded a little bit, at least maybe with regional buy boxes anyway, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You know what? I, I just took a peek at the calendar and uh, Thanksgiving is going to fall on the 24th and then okay. Cyber, Cyber Monday will be the 28th. So oh, nice. that's a, that's a pretty tight window to, to get it in by December 1st, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. All right. I think I actually, I know a lot of people might, might be bemoaning, you know, these dates, but I actually think it'll be an opportunity for, for some folks, for people who want to take advantage of it, there will be a lot of opportunity uh, because I mean, Big bulky toys aren't the only thing that sell in Q4, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So right. now that we're now that we're out of the news section, let's go. Let's jive. Let's jump into this just the tips episode, and we'll talk all about getting prepared for Q4. And one of the things I wanted to start with is uh, 
is having a plan for saying no. And I know that I would imagine a lot of people probably think, well, that doesn't make any sense. This is about selling on Amazon. But the thing is, is we're, we're going to, Q4 is a limited period of time. And it's also the absolute best selling time on Amazon. Uh, you can make a ton of money. You can work, you could work 24 hours a day if you really wanted to and have that ability. Uh, and so some things you're just going to have to either give up or not commit to or, uh, you know, things like that. So I've always suggested people to, to have a plan of saying no. You know, if, if Aunt Sally, uh, you know, really wants you to come to, uh, you know, whatever family gathering and, and you've already decided that it's your time to source or prep and ship or whatever it is, uh, you've got to have a plan to be able to say no and not necessarily feel bad about it. Uh, now, of course, if, you know, great grandma Ruth, uh, who's 98, wants you to come over for, you know, Christmas Eve dinner, I, I wouldn't expect you to say no to uh, to someone who, you know, is that old, but uh, I do think you need to have a, a plan and, and know ahead of time, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm not doing. Uh, and in that conversation, I think needs to be had with the people who it's important to, uh, do you need to explain to aunt Sally? No, not necessarily, but it might be a good idea to have an explanation for your spouse or significant other, uh, you know, or, your kids, uh, you know, like, hey, we're doing this, we're not doing this, uh, you know, no, we're not taking, you know, the the winter ski trip, or uh, we're not going to the beach for Christmas vacation because we've got money to make. Um, matter of fact, I'll be honest, I, I eat my own cooking here. Uh, you know, it's September 1st, uh, our Q4 group started today. And this morning, right after I dropped my son off at school, the very first thing that my wife and I did uh, is we sat down together and we went over the calendar for the next two months. That way we could say, okay, here's what's on the calendar. Here's, uh, here's what, you know, we need to say no to. I'm going to, I had to say no to, uh, I had to say no to free college football tickets this weekend. Because okay. uh, I, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's rough, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had to say no to that because I've got th I've got responsibilities I got to take care of now that we're essentially in Q4, uh, and, and that's just the way it is. Like that really, that really sucked. I that one hurt to the core, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but it's important. So, is there anything? Is there anything you plan on saying no to this year that maybe you haven't in the past or? I mean, how does that conversation go in the Rasek household? Um, yeah, it's, well, it's a it's an ongoing conversation, um, and I, I doubt I'm I'm the only one that deals with this. But we've talked about it before uh, when it comes to productivity and and trying to focus uh, on getting your work done. Uh, um, you know, this job uh, a lot of the time doesn't look like work. You know, like we've talked about people just stopping over or you know they just kind of see you on your laptop or see you on your computer. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of an open invitation to interrupt and, and, you know, and that even that, that, you know, another wrinkle to that would be, you know, if you're full time and you're working from home and, and, you know, you've got a family, um, it happened the other day, you know, where, where my wife, you know, we weren't 
she the communication <laughs> i didn't know what was going on she didn't know what was going on and she left and you know i forget what was they were we were up against a, a deadline or an appointment or something but you know i had i had a bopus order to pick up and i had a couple things that i was going to do but you know we weren't on the same page and you know she just went to run an errand you know which typically is is no big deal but um you know, in this scenario, you know, I missed out. I had to wait a day to get my BOPUS orders. And, you know, I don't remember if I had an actual shipment working that day, but, you know, that that could cost you money, you know, and then that mm -hmm. gets amplified over Q, Q4, you know, is, is because, uh, you know, if it sits an extra day, that's, you know, that's not good. That's going to cost you some some dollars. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's a constant thing. We've actually started using um, calendars more. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's, a, <laughs> there are more things on calendars and, and, you know, including stuff that we didn't put on calendars before, you know, typically it was, it was just appointments and whatnot, but I've actually tried to start blocking off periods of time where I'm going to be out of the house, you know, especially with school starting back up. If you have kids, um, you know, there may be a, you know, school pickup that has to be finagled, you know, in, in the early afternoon, which th mm -hmm. that's the case with us. Um, so, so yeah, it, you know, it takes some, uh, some choreographing to, to get it done, take some coordination. So, so yeah, we're just trying to talk more, you know, and, and mm -hmm. even the stuff that, that, you know, didn't seem necessary before, you know, it's scheduling gym time, you know, it's like she had, a, you know, I missed a, uh, you know, I missed a gym session. She had to go to work in the afternoon and, and but she went and got her nails done the other day and it's like, all right, <laughs> you know, I guess I'll just, uh, uh, you know, lift, uh, some boxes, uh, back and forth. I'll go the long way to my car, uh, before I go to UPS, I guess, to get my workout in. So, right. I mean, yeah, I'll carry the boxes into UPS and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> try not to slip a disc at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, now here's one of the other things I, I kind of want to talk about. And I, I wish that, I wish that this was an original idea, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but in Q4, I mean, really, this is, this is actually good advice for any time of year, but I would say, especially in Q4, but if you're able to outsource anything that costs less than what your hourly rate is. I would suggest that that you do it. And, and of course, some of those easy things. So now, Chris, you don't have to mow the lawn in the wintertime like I do, uh, you know, but for you, it could be shoveling snow whenever that happens. Well, I guess you get a, you get a little bit more lake effect than I, I got when I lived in Columbus. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, when I was in Ohio, I would outsource snow shoveling in the wintertime. I would outsource uh, lawn mowing in the summer. Here in Florida, you have to mow your lawn all year round, essentially, uh, and so that is is outsourced, and and that's kind of like that's the thing that everyone's like, oh, okay, you know, that, that makes sense. But what I'm talking about is like, do you have somebody who can do your laundry? Now, I I used to know a guy, uh, right? I know a guy who used to uh, during Q4 hire this service where you stick all your dirty clothes in a bag, they take it, they wash it, then they deliver it back folded on your front porch. 
Uh, and I thought that was a great, I, I mean, it was a great idea. You know, it made plen- a lot of sense for him. Um, I know some guys who, when they were really big into retail arbitrage and uh, they were chasing bolos all like literally all across the country, uh, rather than doing laundry, uh, they would they would buy enough socks and underwear to get them all the way through Q4. Like <laughs> they had like ninety pairs of socks, ninety pair of, of underwear, and would just throw them out because they're driving all the way across the country and they figure, well, I could just stop once a week and just clean my other clothes, but you know, my socks and underwear, I'm just going to have fresh stuff all the time. Uh, and I wish that was a joke because I thought it was silly when I first heard it. Uh, but kind of makes sense now, uh, you know, but well, what are some other things? And it's got, it's gotten a lot easier to outsource too. Like we don't have to go to the grocery store anymore. You know, uh, you can just, what you can, well, you can Uber Eats, of course, you know, but uh, Publix, Publix delivers our groceries if we want to. Uh, it's something that I take advantage of. Walmart delivers your groceries, Winn-Dixie, everybody down here does, uh, you know, but what other things can you outsource? What can you get off your plate uh, household-wise or even business-wise? And if it costs less per hour, to outsource it, then you value your time at, you probably should do it. And it, it's hard to do. I still have, I still have real trouble with it. Uh, I know that I could probably pay somebody 15 bucks an hour to like answer emails for me. Uh, but I don't do it even though I really, really should. Uh, so I don't know. I guess if you don't already do it, what are some things like that you'd love to give off to someone else? Uh, I think I'd love to, to like housekeeping, you know, they like cleaning the house. Um, not, not a huge fan of that, <laughs> no matter what quarter it is. Um, yep. You know, maybe I've got a the, question on housekeeping for you though. Well, I, is, I, I'm not an expert, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> is your wife like mine where you've got to clean before people to come clean your house? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think that's like a universal trait of wives. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I, I think I'm kind of like that too. Like I, you know, I don't want you to know how like truly how much of a slob I am. You know, I, <laughs> I, I gotta, you know, <laughs> gotta pretend a little bit. So, but yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, I, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, you know, Q4 being the justification, uh, uh, I might pull the trigger on that. Um, you know, there's, there's no shortage of, um, you talked about Uber Eats and stuff like that, but, you know, I mean, people who are trying to stay healthy and, and um, uh, you know, there, there's plenty of information on food prep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tons of recipes i mean i i can't I, I don't even look for it and it's it's in my feed on all my social media you know just um and stuff looks good too um you know but you could you could do up you know a week's worth of meals and just stick them in the freezer um and, and just pop those in um just warm up real quick which uh um that's that's helpful you know because not only you know the food prep it, you know not only is it healthier but you know, it's going to get you eaten faster, you know, because you, 
you're taking away the you've already done the cooking part of it you know so it's especially if there's something that you're working on something that you really need to dedicate as much time as possible to you know say there's a bolo or or you know you need to organize a you know trip to the store you know not only do you have a meal but you know you certainly don't want to take a half hour 45 minutes to prepare it and cook it so um don't underestimate something like that too uh, <coughs> you know people in in big cities even uh you know, dog walkers and, and, and whatnot, you know, it's, uh, uh, that's something that may help you out. You know, it's, uh, especially I'm working from home. I, you know, all of a sudden my dogs think they need to go out on the hour, every hour, you know, just because oh, I'm sitting here, apparently, you know, when I worked in the office, they, they would go five hours. I'd stop home on my lunch break. Cause we got, you know, the ones a part Chihuahua. So apparently his bladder is the size of a quarter or something. <laughs> so I would have to stop home and let him out at lunch. But it, those jerks would go five hours. Like it, it's possible they've done it. But now that I'm working from home, hey, you know they they you know it's like the the chime goes off on on a grandfather clock, and they're like, hey, let's go, dad. <laughs> so you know, but that even that's a possibility. Yeah, I, I like those, and I'm sure there's a ton that we're forgetting or, or not gonna not gonna hit. But yeah, if you can outsource anything. Absolutely do it. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, make enough for Q4 to be able to continue that in, into the new year. Uh, because it's just, I don't know. It really seems like, you know, a first world problem uh, to be like, oh, man, I need to, you know, outsource yet another thing. But uh, I really do think that if you want to maximize your, your productivity, it's, it's, it's important. Uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm saying this, I'm preaching this and, and I'm not necessarily practicing what I preach as well as I should. So this is, this is probably, I probably need some sort of intervention. Uh, we, uh, we should probably talk about like what to expect in Q4. I know there's going to be some people listening who are, are maybe this is their first Q4 uh, or maybe they started, you know, right on the tail end of last Q4 or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. So this would be your third Q4. So, you know, the first one, everyone, you know, typically is pretty timid, you know, oh, what's it going to be like? And I really believe the hype if you got in before Q4 and that kind of thing. Uh, but in your second Q4, it, I would imagine you were, you were ready to go. Uh, so what did you see in things like sales velocity, you know, and, and now, and now, how does that change your expectations going forward? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it really is a, a, a rising tide. You know, I, I mean, there's there's just, a, you know, people, people kind of get stuck into kind of compartments with Q4, you know, and, and it, it's easy to kind of put the blinders on and think toys, 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 you know, but there's so much money to be made in nearly every category, you know, um, you know, maybe your sunscreen sales go down a little bit. You know, there's a few, you know, a few outliers that, that, you know, maybe the timing isn't right, but largely most of the categories that we're going to be selling in, there's just simply more eyeballs. Cause, cause think about the, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of forget what it's like to be an Amazon customer. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, and I, before I started selling on Amazon, I bought a ton of stuff on Amazon, right? I still do. But, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, it has the same effect. It's, it's a, it's a digital 
uh, superstore effect. You know, it, it's why Walmart is as big as it is, you know, it's because it, it, stuff is cheap um, for the most part, <laughs> not stuff I sell apparently, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, tons of stuff is on sale. You know, it, they're, they're great bargains to be found all over the entire store. And then you can get a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know? So think about some of the trips before you became versed as an Amazon seller Try to remember back to how what it was like uh, to to be an Amazon shopper, you know, or or, or even in Target too. You know, it, it, some really bizarre shopping trips happen at Target. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I need I need laundry detergent, and you come home with with a video game, a new mop, uh, a, a hoodie, you know, and just you're just all over the place, right? Because they they have so much stuff. So, you know, that that's kind of that's kind of the the reasoning behind more than just toys more than you know whatever you've kind of pigeonholed yourself into thinking q4 is um you know think about some of the shopping carts that that you had and then realize that people are going to jump on there and and sure they're they're looking for a stocking stuffer but you know they're going to remember that oh hey i need to to stock up on this and and you know Mm -hmm. i need a new pair of i need 90 pairs of socks for my road trip and and you know and they're just there's all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, so, so it's, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you take a wider, wider view of it, you know, and, and, you know, don't, don't focus too much energy on any one particular thing. I mean, focus it where it needs to be, but, you know, in general, kind of, uh, uh, keep your eyes peeled, keep a, keep a wide range. Yeah, I agree. One of the, <clears throat> I don't know. I always equate, Q4 and like what's going to sell on Amazon uh, with it's going to be weird, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it come around. All right. So I always equate what's going to sell on Amazon. What, what's going to pop those unexpected categories with like the big family Christmas party. Uh, And one, I think this is kind of the first year where uh, there aren't any lockdowns like for the last two years, you know, last Mm -hmm. year, things were opened up a little bit more, but there were still some areas that were like, you know, Hey, make sure you, you know, don't kiss your family members on the cheek and, you know, stay uh, six feet away from everybody and that kind of stuff. But this year the CDC has pretty much come out and said, Hey, you know what? It's, it's uh, COVID's over is, is kind of what it seems like. Okay. And don't, don't at me or, or, you know, cancel us or whatever. Uh, You know, that's just, just kind of what it is. So, uh, but when you go to that family Christmas party or holiday party or whatever you want to call it, uh, you walk in, there's gifts under the tree for the kids. So of course there's toys, you know, but then <clears throat> what else do you see? Well, you see the, the tree and you see decoration. So, okay. Ornaments, decorations, those kind of things. Those are going to be, those are going to be home or household items. All right. Uh, and then of course, you know, you smell the pumpkin pie and whatever, uh, famous dish. My, my great aunt, she made this Mac and cheese. She's all and you know, every year she's like, Oh, your Mac and cheese is so good. And she's like, well, I stuck my foot in it, you know, which I was like, (laughs) I hope you hope you weren't telling the, I hope that's a fib, uh, but I'll eat some more anyway. Uh, you know, so you've got grocery items that are going to pop. Uh, and then because there's, you know, the 52 aunts and uncles that are there, they're not going to bring, you know, their, 
they're not going to bring their best Pyrex. They're probably going to bring it in those aluminum, uh, you know, cooking pans. Uh, and so you've got that kind of stuff. And you're going to have paper plates and paper cups. And uh, But then you've got other people who are a little bit more fancy. And you've got to have the silverware and the china and the dishes uh, and the table decorations and the centerpieces. Uh, you know, so that kind of stuff is going to is going to go up. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, on your way out of the party, what are you going to see? Well, you're going to see the decorations outside. Uh, and you know, great aunt Sally, who's had a couple too many glasses of wine comes over and gives you uh, that sloppy kiss on the cheek before you get in the car and get away from her as fast as you can. And she hands you a Tupperware of, you know, cookies. So you've got the baking supplies and you've got the Tupperware and, uh, you know, everyone, of course, who was at the party uh, is dressed really well. So they've bought clothes on Amazon, uh, except for Uncle Bill. You know, he always comes dressed like a slob, uh, but that's just the way the way some family members are, you know. Uh, and so there's just there's so many things that absolutely pop in Q4 that we don't think about. Uh, and so I would suggest that you do try to think outside the box. Um, one of the things I always do fairly well with is like, I typically sell uh, some higher priced beauty items, but I notice that they of course sell a little bit better in Q4. And there's a twofold reason. Number one, uh, you know, lots of people are not necessarily going to buy themselves Chanel number no. five, uh, but they might get Chanel number no. five as a gift, okay? Uh, or they are going to that Christmas party, they're going to that work holiday party or, or whatever it is, uh, and they wanna make sure they look good. So they're buying makeup to make sure they look good. Uh, so it's both, you know, buying for yourself and buying as gifts in the beauty category. Uh, so, I mean, it really just is all over the place. Uh, and the number of sales is ridiculous. I should have pulled some stats from last year uh, because it's you know, on Black Friday. It's something like 6,000 units per minute that's sold on Amazon. It's, a, it's an insane number. Hey, guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host, Chris Rasick, has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet, and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and whoever's house is hosting, yeah, they're, they're going to clean the whole place, you know, mm -hmm. so you need cleaning supplies. You throw, I mean, you could probably think of, uh, of something from almost any category that, that you name. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about your, your holiday parties though. I mean, you know, <laughs> uncle Bob's a slob, you know, you got an aunt sticking her foot in, in the Mac and cheese. I, I'm a little concerned for you, Chris. I, I have a I have a diverse and interesting family. <laughs> so um, 
All right. So we'll let we talked about, you know, the different categories and stuff, but uh, yeah, the sales velocity um, and, and we'll get, we'll get into this a, a little bit more, but um, you know, even, even like surprise bolos, you know, um, and the ones that you can't predict, you know, there's certain ones that mm-hmm. aren't predictable and, and, but there's, there's always going to be a handful of stuff that comes out of nowhere and, you know, or is, is potentially, especially like limited edition stuff, you know, mm-hmm. specifically for the holiday. Um, you know, you need to, uh, you need to be ready to jump on those. You know, I know last year um, you mentioned your Q4 group. I had the thing paid for just based on one bolo that I think was given out in early or mid October. And it was a finite supply, limited edition, always sells out. So, you know, tanking wasn't an issue. It wasn't even anything to to consider. Um, And I found an entire display of them in in a a local uh, grocery store. And I bought all but I think two or three, just because I, you know, I've got a bit of a conscience. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I had you know not quite a hundred, but I mean, I, I had a ton of them, and that made my money back right there. I mean, you know, we, we didn't even turn the calendar from October; it wasn't even Halloween yet, and and I'd made my money back. So that's you know, it, it's incredible what what uh, you know the opportunities that we're we're about to come across. Oh yeah, and you know that you you make a there's a really good point out of that one, you know, cause so I found that and I mean, it, I'd love to say that, you know, it was experience or whatever, but, but it wasn't, it's just the fact that I've trained myself to keep my head on a swivel that that bolo was found while I was waiting in line to buy a bottle of water at the gas station of all places. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and while I'm standing there rather than, you know, scrolling Facebook or whatever, I was looking around, I happened to see something and I look it up on Amazon and sure enough, we walk out with not only that particular bolo, but uh, the bottle of water as well. Uh, You know, so the places you'll find these things uh, is crazy. And, and they're not always, you know, well, that wasn't a toy, you know, there's always going to be a handful of toys that pop off in Q4. Uh, But then they're going to be, you know, I remember, I don't know, and I know we talked about this before the show, but I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it was a, a gluten-free turkey gravy mix that, I, I don't know why it went nuts, you know, but a four-pack of it was selling for over $30. They weren't that hard to find, uh, you know. Maybe there was a, a bit of a national shortage or something, I don't recall, uh, you know, but that's another thing that may very well happen this year. The supply chain is not completely healed. Uh, the only difference that we have this year is uh, maybe, well, we've seen that Target and Walmart, you know, got themselves into an overstock situation, uh, you know, but what supply chain issues are, might we come across that we could leverage? I'm sure there's going to be something here or there. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you've ever read about this or not, but you know that sometimes in Q4, supply chain issues happen on purpose with toys. Do you ever do you ever read about this? No, so, but I, I'm not having a hard time believing it. 
Yeah. So I read a great article one time when, and they talked about toy companies would make sure that they are, you know, places like Toys R Us, Walmart, they would make sure that they ordered, you know, enough uh, to get them through maybe like a week before Christmas. And then they knew the shelves would start being really bare of these hot toys or what they expected to be hot toys. And then all of a sudden, uh, January 2nd or 3rd, uh, they get another really big shipment in, okay? And it was done on purpose so that they could get people to get into the stores and buy as much as they can. And then after the holidays are over, when Timmy and Sally didn't get that toy they absolutely had to have, mom and dad had to go back to the store when it was back in stock, buy it again. And of course, then you need, you know, oh, well, you also got the PS5, so we better get you know, an extra video game and, and, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, so those kind of things will always pop up in Q4 as well. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, you got to manufacture a reason to get people back into the store after the holidays over. Uh, you know, there are plenty of gift cards to spend and, and, you know, all sorts of stuff. That's, that's interesting. I wonder, you know, I, I I can't imagine store managers and, and, you know, purchasing managers and stuff. Uh, I wonder how confident they are, in, in attempting a strategy like that, you know, especially after, you know, as we're coming off of kind of like a, a rubber band effect, you know, where it was like, mm-hmm. you know, you're ordering, you're trying to get the stuff in and, you know, now they're dealing, like you mentioned, you know, Target and Walmart and, um, you know, who knows who else, you know, or they're dealing with overstock, you know, so number one, how successful are those efforts going? You know, I know I've already found some, some Target stuff in one of the discount stores that, that I frequent. Um, and they've actually told me it's, they're not allowed to advertise it, but it, it is target. Um, so, you know, we have to measure how successful those efforts are, uh, you know, because, you know, it's overstock and which that's their storage area, you know, so it's kind of mm-hmm. buttoned up against the period of time where they need to start stocking up for Q4 themselves and for the masses that are going to come through their doorways, uh, you know, leading into Christmas, uh, you know, so you, so you kind of you're trying to flush out the one and then bring the other in. And then how confident overall are you in the supply chain? You know, is it, is it back? Can you trust it to be back, you know, or how vulnerable is it moving forward? You know, do you have to anticipate, you know, problems down the road or, you know, that's, there's a lot to juggle. Yeah, that is, that is interesting. I I wish that I knew somebody who was like a supply chain expert, because I'd love to know, like, you know, are we healed or are we like, are we one, uh, you know, one container ship sinking away from, you know, not having a Christmas? Like, I'd, I'd really love to know that. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so. <laughs> all right. So let, well, let me, uh, before we, we, we dig into to Q4, I want to, I want to kind of zoom out a little bit, you know, just uh, because, I don't know. I know as, as a newer seller and, and uh, you know, I was always they, like real life examples meant a lot more to me. Right. So mm-hmm. like, let's, I want to kind of zoom out for, for it to take different perspectives maybe. Um, so like, you know, I've heard people, I've heard tons of times, right. That, that Q4 uh, can make an, an Amazon seller's entire year. Um, and now we, in, in this, in the podcast, we've never been bashful about 
talking about the work involved. You know, we've we've never tried to make it sound like a, a get rich quick or, or you know that it's that it's easy or you can coast through in, into to making really good money doing this. So what first first part of the question is for the people who haven't really found their groove through a Q4 yet. Uh, what what does that chart look like? If if you go onto the Amazon seller, uh, you know the 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 app, the mobile app, and you take the twelve month view and you, and you see your little candlestick charts for each month, how much bigger are the Q four candlesticks? Like what what does okay. that really look like? So, all right, here's here's my opinion. My opinion is, let's just say. Let's say you've got this perfect Amazon business, all right? Like as a brand new seller, you're limited on funds, but everything turns over in in one month, uh, and and you never make a bad buy. Right? So you just got this perfect little business running on autopilot, sort of. Uh, and let's say you're doing you know a thousand dollars a month in sales. Well, let's say that in Q4, the only thing that changes is you decide that you're going to go. I don't know. You're going to buy 20% more uh, or let's say 30% more than you do outside of Q4. Uh, I think easily you sell through all of that. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I probably should have either bought more or I should have gone wider so that I could have more sales. I think I think without changing anything, you're probably looking at between a 20 and a 30% bump you know, pretty much across the board. I mean, if we talk about just Black Friday alone, and I know a lot of that's going to be private label, a lot of it's going to be the sales that Amazon runs on their products and stuff like that, uh, you know, but <clears throat> if if overall uh, Amazon sells 6,000 units per minute on Amazon on, on like a Black Friday, well, 57% of those units are coming from third-party sellers, you know, and we don't do public math here, but uh, 57% of 6,000, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, that third-party sellers are selling. So I think pretty easily without like trying hard, you could do 20 to 30% more in sales without even breaking a sweat. Okay. So, and now let, let's let's take it let's take it the other direction. Say, um, say you you know you've put your reps in right, and you, you're feeling pretty good about about your business, about your your store, um, and you're, you're to steal a quote from you, you're girding your loins, or they have been girded, or you're mid gird uh, <laughs> somewhere 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 in the girding process. Um, <laughs> I wanted to go like two or three more, but I was like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's we might get into a period where only I think that's funny. Um, right. But, but so you're, you know, you're, you're locked and loaded, right? Um, those Q4s, those sellers who, who have the Q4 that, that makes their entire year, what does that work day actually look like? Well, I think for the people who are, super experienced. I think that number one, the planning started in July, uh, back to school planning started in, you know, April or May. 
and Q4 planning started in July. Uh, so they could either, they have a plan for capital. They have a plan for wholesale orders if they're doing wholesale uh, or they have kind of an attack plan uh, for what they're going to be doing OA or, or RA or anything like that. Um, and let's like, let's talk about like, I guess one of the unicorns of selling on Amazon, specifically Q4 selling. Um, like back in the day, there was Toyberg. They were really, really big. They're still around, uh, you know, but there were, there were times when those sellers had literal teams. I mean, 10, 20, 30 people go out renting U-Haul trucks and driving around the country doing retail arbitrage uh, in Q4. Uh, and so those people, they had massive amounts of capital. Sometimes they would buy all year long and hold until Q4 and only sell in Q4. Uh, and so the workday was is nuts for some people. For some people, it's you know, I sleep six hours a night and the rest of the time is either buying or packing and shipping. And there is nothing else in Q4 except for just the grind. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the healthiest, but those people's pocketbooks are pretty healthy at the end of, of the year, you know. Interesting. Um, okay. So, all right. So that's, that's the work day and that's, that's kind of, uh, the range of, of expectations, uh, kind of dealing with it. <clears throat> Let, let's talk about, uh, strategies as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so you're, you, like you mentioned, your Q4 group launched, uh, today at a welcome webinar. Um, I'm, I'm a part of that group. Um, there's a couple other ones, you know, uh, I'm sure there, there are several around. Um, and, you know, some people have to justify up to, you know, paying upwards two grand for some of these things. Right. So mm -hmm. what, uh, what strategy, uh, Chris Grant's isn't two grand. I'm not talking about his, uh, just, you know, <laughs> make that, uh, put that on the record, but okay. So, you know, either way, whatever your investment was, right. You, you put a chunk of change in there and, and you've, you've joined this, think tank essentially um what strategies would would you suggest uh as a, an administrator of one that uh amazon sellers should look to do or what, what should we do to get the most out of a q4 group if we join one yeah i think that's a i think that's a good question uh i you know yeah i'm biased because i run a q4 group or a co co-admin a q4 group but i've also been a part of them just as as sellers you know as a seller in the past uh, and so one, I think one of the most important things is, is you need to be present, uh, which that can be difficult managing your attention and also work and, and family and, and all the other things that, you know, go on. Uh, but you do have to make an effort to be present and, uh, take advantage of the education that might be there or whatever leads might be there, uh, you know, because of course, if you're not being present, then you're just you're, that all that stuff's going to pass you by and, and you're going to feel like, uh, you know, you're going to feel like you didn't get your money's worth, you know. Uh, 
But then the other thing is, is that I would take everything that you learn and I would try to put your own spin on it. Uh, you know, so if it's a lead group, uh, which ours is kind of hybrid, the, there are leads and then it's education. Some are just education with no leads and others are, are leads only. Uh, I sort of like the hybrid version myself. I like there to be something you can take away and use in the next Q4 and the Q4 after that. Uh, and then it's also nice to see some leads of, well, this would be a, a good lead and maybe this wouldn't. Um, but so I think it's important that lead providers, especially in Q4 groups and stuff like that, uh, they make people realize that it's, they're not there just to fish for them. All right. But also to kind of teach them how to fish, uh, and realize that you need to take some time to take your leads and then turn that into two or four or five or 10 or how many that ever you can by going down rabbit trails and things like that. So, uh, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is, don't expect to just be spoon fed everything, but realize that this, I mean, it still takes some real work, uh, even if you're in a, a Q4 group. Uh, and then the other thing is make sure, make sure you get the most out of it. So if, you know, if there are Q and a sessions, if there is a way to ask questions, like don't be shy about it, uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I mean, you paid good money to be there. So you deserve to get your, your answer. But number two, you'd be surprised how often someone has the exact same question and they're, they don't want to look silly or feel foolish. And so they don't ask the question. Um, now what did I, I posted something the other day. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it said. Uh, but the, the willingness to ask questions even when it might make you feel silly or foolish, I think is an underrated trait. Uh, you know, it, it just, just as much as, you know, you could just say, hey, could you explain that uh, a little bit more? Could you expand upon it if you don't understand? Uh, or can you explain it to me like I'm five? Uh, that's one of my favorite questions to ask. I, I, I asked another Amazon seller this in a, in a private chat just the other day. Uh, they explained something. I didn't quite get it. And so I said, hey, I said, would you explain this to me like I'm five? Uh, and and like I could feel I could feel silly about that, uh, you know, asking someone who is a peer uh, to explain something to me like I'm a child. Uh, or I could realize that, well, what I'm going to learn is probably more important than feeling foolish for a couple of minutes. Uh yeah. So that's one of the big things. Uh, the other strategies to get the most out of Q4 groups, other than, other than that, I think that's really about it. Uh, you know, give as much, put as much into it as you can because you're going to get out of it what you put into it. That's probably the other thing, and it seems a little cliche, but it really is, is true. Um, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Nice. Yeah, I, I like it's a really good point about uh, asking the question. You know, it, it's you, that we should stress that part. You know, you, you've paid money. You know, you have skin in mm -hmm. the game. You have every right to be there, and you have every right to ask your question. You know, you have every right yeah. to understand the concept 
that the group that you paid to be in is trying to explain to you. You know, that, that's uh, that's a key point there, I think, for sure. Yeah. And I guess, you know, so I've seen some people who maybe get tired of answering the same question over and over again. Uh, and, and people have even reached out to me and they're like, well, how, how do you, you know, how do you answer questions over and over again, uh, and not lose your cool? But I mean, that's the thing, like, that's our job as, I mean, that's my job as kind of a veteran Amazon seller is to answer the questions until everyone understands it. Uh, so, you know, I would never, just never feel bad about it. Always, always be curious. Always ask the question. I get tired watching you answer questions that over and over. <laughs> I don't know. I get, like, okay, but I will make one counterpoint to one devil's advocate. People, if, if you're in a group, please use the search function. Please mm-hmm. try to answer the question, especially if you think it's basic. Just, just be curious. Just take a gander just in case it's been asked before. And there might be an answer out there. Just that's yeah. As a, uh, as a group member of, of multiple groups uh, uh, and a quiet observer, that would be my <laughs> advice. Um, all right. So flip it to the other side of the coin. What if there are sellers out there that didn't pull the trigger on a Q4 group for whatever reason? What what strategies can they use to, to make the most of Q4? And, and, you know, specifically, like, how do they, how do they keep their finger on the pulse of, where they should be and, and what's hot, what's not, and, and what direction they should go in Q4. Yeah. And that, so one of the cool things about where we are in history is just how much knowledge there is out there, uh, free knowledge, you know? So um, one, I would get into as many of the free Facebook groups as you can. Uh, and you can, cool thing there is you can ask questions. Uh, the other cool thing is that, uh, if you do a search, like Chris said, uh, there's going to be posts from previous Q4s that are going to be absolute gold nuggets. Um, and, and that's one of the, like, that's actually one of the things about like Facebook groups and stuff like that. That's probably the most underutilized is going back through historical posts, um, because, and th- the reason I say that is that a lot of times people do talk strategy and not just tactics. Uh, and, and the strategies are typically more timeless than just tactics. Uh, so grabbing those is important. Uh, but then the other thing is that, you know, you can hop on Instagram, you can hop on OA Twitter, uh, you know, there's OA Twitter, there's RA Twitter, there's Amazon FBA Twitter, you know, whatever they want to call it. Uh, but you can go to all of those places and there is just a, there is some bad information. So, you, you know, and it's hard to be able to steer clear of that all the time, especially as a newer seller. Uh, you know, but there's also a ton of really, really solid and good information out there on those platforms that you can take advantage of for free. Uh, and so I would try to consume as much as you can. Uh, but don't get stuck in that loop of only consuming. And that's where I think a lot of people, uh, make a mistake is it's very easy to consume 
for a week and then a month and then all of a sudden it's six months and well I'm still consuming and I've done nothing with the information I've taken in. Uh, although you could probably make some like beginner course on Amazon with the information you know, you haven't done anything with it. So that's one of the biggest things is you've got to act on that. Um, you know, but then the other cool thing is like, don't be afraid to ask questions on those more public platforms. Uh, so uh, something that I've started doing on Instagram in my stories is every maybe other day or every couple of days, I'm just like, hey, you got an Amazon question? Hit me with it. And I take the time before I go to bed and I answer like every single one of them. Uh, and there are other people that do the exact same thing. Uh, and so take advantage of that. If someone says, hey, hit me with a question, do it. Uh, you know, don't be afraid. Um, and then kind of one of the other things you can do about like keeping tabs on hot items I mean, in today's day and age, there's no reason why you shouldn't know what's gone viral and, and, uh, and what's not. There are like 25 TikTok channels that tell you exactly what's selling like crazy uh, on Amazon. And you can go and do a quick Google search and find those products. Uh, there's Instagram accounts that like keep track of new snacks and sweets that are coming out. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, those new limited edition items will do really well and you can follow those. Uh, now there was, there was someone who told me that they had actually like, they'd followed certain uh, Instagram pages or things like that. And then there's software out there that would send them like an email summary of the posts. Uh, okay. So they didn't have to even open up Instagram. And so they would do that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, there's, there's Instagram and TikTok accounts all about toys uh, that are coming out and what's hot and what's not. And uh, you want to know what, what a really great place is too, is mom Facebook groups, <laughs> right? You want to, yeah. You want to know what toy every kid wants in the country. You go to a Facebook group for moms uh, and you're going to be like, Hey, where can I get this oopsie poopsie or whatever it is the hot toy this year? Uh, and, and you can take that information and you can leverage the information into profit on Amazon. Yeah. All those, all those names that you hear that make no sense to you. Like who's Gabby, I, you know, like, <laughs> like all the, the, go join a mom's group and, and you'll, you'll get an education. Just yeah. don't expect too many answers from my space. I, everything I ask on my space, just it, it's crickets. So just yeah. avoid that. Dog piles really gone down the hill too. It's uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Uh, one other thing, and this one, <clears throat> this one's kind of a throwback, but one of my very early uh, Q4s, the, and this was actually, this was like, it was my biggest win to date. There were two products uh, or two product lines that I just sold an absolute ton of. Uh, and they were these little like fake birds in cages, uh, be real. I don't know what, whatever they were. Uh, and then also Paw Patrol toys, uh, you know, toy cars and stuff. <clears throat> I had no idea what those things were, but my son was watching cartoons, uh, you know, on like cable where they actually still had commercials. And I saw commercials for these toys 
and then went out and did searches for them. Now, I know commercials are, are you know, farther and fewer between uh, these days. But if your kid's watching anything on the Disney Channel or, you know, they're watching uh, videos on YouTube or, or whatever it is, like, don't let them skip past the commercials. Take a second, watch them, uh, see what's really being advertised, and then go out and see if you can sell that profitably. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just listening to uh, listening to your kids, you know, I mean, I, there's no shortage of, Ooh, I want that. You know, at, at, when we listen to, uh, and when we end up watching live TV. So yeah, yeah that's, that's valuable information there. Um, and you know, and, and not to, not to harp on search functions, <laughs> but, uh, um, it, the, the ability to search on social media is, is pretty robust if you haven't looked into it. You know, I, I know on, on Instagram, you can follow hashtags, um, mm-hmm. You know, on, on Twitter, if you find people, you can search individual profiles for mentions of different topics. Uh, you know, there's you can you can drill down. You know, you, you could you could really get some specific queries uh, if you know how to do it. So, you know, make sure you're maybe brush up on that. There's you might be surprised at, you know, how much information you can actually collect. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Let's All right. uh, so, so let's talk a little bit about one of the other things that's always a hot topic, especially in Q4. Let, let's talk a little bit about ungating. Uh, so I want to know from you, what if you were going to go like on a tear of getting ungated, what are there any particular brands or categories that you would want to get ungated in specifically for Q4? Yeah, specifically for Q4. Um, you know what? I it, probably my favorite um, ungating as far as brand goes um, mm-hmm. has been Lego. Um, oh, nice. That's uh, yeah. Because and and maybe I should qualify this the statement. I I think ungating is uh, uh, kind of the opinion on ungating. People think there's a little bit more magic than there is in reality. You know, I, I think a, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe newer sellers think, you know, sales just haven't exploded because they're not ungated in, in you know, everything under the sun, you know, so, um, so I think there's a, a bit of a misconception, but, you know, the, as far as like ungates that I certainly haven't regretted, um, you know, Lego um, is definitely one of them. Uh, Marvel. You know, you think about the the properties, you know, Marvel always has something going on, you know, between movies and, and you know, the shows coming out on Disney Plus. Uh, Disney would be another one. Um, you know, they're mm. constantly putting out films that, that you know, just forever, endlessly popular um, and, and there'll be something new. So, um, you know, that's going to pay for itself easily. Um, you know, maybe some some categories, you know, like we're, we're talking if, if you have an ungated grocery yet. Um, you know, don't, don't sleep on grocery. That's, that's been a great category uh, for me ever since I started. Um, I got that out of the way pretty early. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important to, to make sure, uh, pay attention to kind of like sub gates, you know, it, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, I mentioned Disney and, and Marvel. Um, and, and there's a couple weird, uh, weird things with those. Cause Disney I'm ungated in Disney, but, Disney 
princesses is a separate thing they have to get ungated. Um, frozen is is something separate. A, a, frozen and Frozen Two, I think. I think those are two separate uh, gated uh, subcategories. Um, we talked about Marvel. Um, I got ungated in Marvel. Uh, found uh, a Spider-Man action figure and and bought every everything I could find in in that end cap. And I got home and I went to list it and I found out that I was gated in Avengers. Uh, so Avengers is actually a sub subcategory. So make sure you pay attention to that. But uh, you know the the, the ten pole companies and, and the franchises. You know you can't you really can't go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've consistently sold harry potter stuff i mean that just that will not cease to be popular uh apparently and I, it was uh, that's actually uh, uh it was chaos in my house last night um hbo max took off the harry potter movies uh and so at midnight a movie was playing in my household and it just shut off and oh uh, wow yeah you would have thought christmas was canceled or something i mean it was women there were clutching their pearls and yeah, I, I think my wife was the one who, who's, you know, more more disappointed than any. She was the only one still awake. She's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, those would be, you know, I I think, you know, the kind of just a general view of of you know the popularity and and just kind of think of those, um, you know, th- think of the the companies that are putting the stuff out, and you know, those are probably going to be worthwhile ungates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the you know one of the really smart things to do, in my opinion, is like right now would be to go to IMDb Internet Movie Database, which surprise surprise owned by Amazon, uh, and actually go out and look and see what things are coming out. There's always you know of course you know everyone knows the summer blockbuster this year it was uh, Top Gun of course uh, you know but Going into the Christmas season, uh, there are usually one or two like big time movies that come out during the holidays. Uh, you know, may- maybe one of them is you know uh, a Christmassy type movie. I know uh, Tim Allen's Santa Claus was you know, one of the blockbusters years and years and years ago. Uh, and then, but then there's always like something else. I know that lots of times. Avengers has released something, you know, during the holidays. And when those kinds of movies come out, well, there's typically new products to follow them. Uh, and if there's, you know, a handful of those movies, you are going to have the opportunity for a lot of different toys or memorabilia or whatever you can sell. Funko, there's an easy one. Uh, just about everything gets a Funko made out of it now. Um, you know, but... Uh, one of the things that you talked about, the grocer, I think that one's hugely important. And, and the only reason is because even before Christmas gets here, of course, we got Christmas candy and things like that. But Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. Halloween is, if I'm not mistaken, there is more food candy sold for Halloween than there is sold for uh, other holidays. And it's like the second biggest uh holiday after right after christmas bigger than thanksgiving uh and which i know we've talked about this already but this halloween uh hershey's has already come out and said that they're not going to be able to fulfill the demand that's there 
So we're going to have a supply issue just for Halloween. And I think that's going to turn into a lot of opportunity in 2022. Uh, but yeah, now we, we probably can't go talk about ungating without talking about, well, how do I get ungated? So we're not going to give like specific, you know, like go here to get ungated in this brand. Cause we could be here all day doing that. But, uh, one, how do you get ungated? Well, it's, it's not magic. It's not too difficult. You need to buy 10 units from a distributor Get an invoice for whatever category or uh, brand that you want to get into. Uh, and you need to show that to Amazon. And that's that's it. That's all you've got to do. Now, how do you find those? Uh, I happen to have a, uh, a third-degree black belt in Google Foo, uh, <laughs> and it does not require that, Okay. Uh, you can be a white belt in Google Foo, and you can you can get this uh, pretty easily. So, you take a brand name or a category, and then you just add the word distributor or wholesaler to the end of it, uh, and then don't stop at page one on Google. Go go to page two or three if you have to, uh, and it's very likely that you'll find some sort of distributor. Uh, and the reason I say go to page two or three. Uh, is not because those are the best places to hide a dead body, uh, but because these distributors, a lot of them are, are mom and pop shops that are being run by, you know, boomers. And they don't think that SEO or, uh, you know, being present on the Internet is necessarily the most important thing for their business uh, because they've always had, you know, they've always had inside sales reps. And that's how they've gotten all their business and that's how it works, and, and that's all they need. Uh, so sometimes things are not necessarily going to pop right to the top. Uh, but other than that, I, I mean, that's really all you need to know to be dangerous to get ungated. Okay. If uh, if I'm just a uh, an aspiring uh, world wrestling uh, wrestler on Bing, is that uh, is that <laughs> enough of a qualification also? Yeah, I think that would probably work. Uh, you know, Bing has uh, Bing's not too bad. <laughs> if I'm sweating to the oldies on DuckDuckGo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's. Well, actually, we got two more things I kind of want to cover here. So let's let's quickly talk about like a supply list because now, and you know, this is going to be released, uh, you know, early September. Uh, now's the time to kind of have things either ready or to really start ordering supplies that you might need. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about supply lists. I know that one, if you plan on doing any merchant fulfilled stuff, you probably want to have a fair amount of boxes. Uh, and I know, well, here's what I order. I typically order, uh, the, USPS uh, poly bag mailers, the priority poly bag mailers. I like to have a lot of those on hand. Uh, and then I like the small and the medium flat rate boxes. Uh, and then I know some people really like the regional boxes. I've, I've never yeah. really used them very much, uh, you know, but I know lots of people like to have those regional boxes. The reason that I like the flat rate mailers is because you can put like 70 pounds in them uh, and ship them off. 
Uh, so, you know, if you're selling bricks or, you know, dumbbells, like we talked with, uh, um, Joseph last week, he was selling, you know, weights and stuff. You could fit them in there. Uh, and, and they're pretty fast. The other thing that I personally like to keep on hand is I keep like, actually, I think I have one. I do. Uh, so for those of you on YouTube, you're going to see like a massive, uh, poly mailer. But I like to keep these really big poly mailers on hand because you can fit a lot of different things in them. Uh, and I just fold them up and, you know, whatever size I need, they're not really that expensive. Uh, so I like to keep a lot of those on hand. Uh, and then whatever size boxes uh, that you might might need, you know. So think about what you're going to sell uh, and then keep those on hand. And then, of course, your regular shipping boxes, you're going to want to make sure you get extra amount of those. Or you have a source that's not going to be backlogged with other orders for your boxes. Uh, so I'm I'm a Home Depot guy. Typically, where do you normally get your boxes? I'm a U-Haul guy. You're a U-Haul guy. Okay, so like those two places, I'm not really worried about them running out of boxes. Uh, you know, if I need them, I I'm also fortunate enough that I've, there's a box uh, manufacturer that has a retail store like literally down the street from me. Uh, and they always have things in stock, but not every metropolitan area is going to have something like that. Uh, of course you're going to need tape, uh, and tape is fairly cheap. So you might as well just order what an extra, I don't know, extra couple of cases of tape. Uh, never, never hurts to over tape something. Always bad when you under tape a box. Uh, extra labels, uh, both shipping labels, because if you're going to do any merchant fulfilled, you're going to need shipping labels for that. You're going to need shipping labels for inbound boxes and the number of inbound boxes should be higher. Uh, you're also going to need more FN SKU labels. If you do label your own items, uh, you want to make sure you have those on hand. Those are fairly cheap. They don't take up a lot of space. Uh, you can pretty safely store them in a garage or something like that. Uh, without worrying about them, you know, being ruined. Uh, and then poly bags. I was talking to uh, Jonathan, who's the owner of ilovesupplies.com. Uh, and he said, I want to say he shipped out like 250,000 poly bags in like the first two weeks of August or something. <laughs> uh, so people are obviously buying a ton of poly bags right now. Uh, so, like that's something you want to get on, okay? Uh, and quick, I don't know if I don't know if you use I Love Supplies, but great family-owned business, uh, you know, out of California, uh, you know, so they're they're great, good friend of mine. Uh, anything else I'm missing for supplies? No, I, I think that that covers, uh, you know, the the basics. I mean, everything on that list is, is cheap, uh, relatively, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the grand scheme of things. And you're going to go through it eventually anyway. You know, I, I mean, that's the point here is, you know, it's way better to have more than what you need than to run out, you know, because there, there are going to be people that are in, you know, the stuff's going to be in high demand, you know, mm -hmm. when you need it most, if, if you don't have enough of it. And worst case scenario, it's it, at least it's a, a you know a, 
a line item on this year's PNL and, and you can carry over the, the stuff into next year and not have to, not have right. to buy it. Um, now, not that I necessarily want to uh, end the show on a sour note, but we probably should talk about the dark side of Q4. Well, after Q4, uh, we should talk about returnuary. Uh, and for anybody who has not been through a Q4, uh, the, the magical month after, uh, after Q4 is over is returnuary. It's when all the returns start happening. Uh, and you might not know this, uh, but once Q4 hits uh, for real, once it gets to October, Amazon will come out and say, hey, uh, the return window is now not 30 days. It's now 90 days. Okay. So if, you know, if a mom or a dad orders a toy on uh, November the 1st, uh, because they, you know, like to get things done early, they have until like, was it February 1st to be able to return that item uh, either to Amazon or to you if it was merchant fulfilled. And, and your return policy has to match or be better than Amazon's return policy. All right. So you don't have a choice in this matter. You now have a 90 day return window for the items that you sell. Uh, and because the number of sales go up, well, of course, the number of returns go up. Uh, and there might be things like, I don't know, say used Halloween decorations, used Christmas <laughs> decorations. Uh, just be prepared for that. Know that it's going to happen. It's it's part of being a retailer now. We have to accept things back that aren't necessarily fair or things like that. It's going to feel like a, a slap in the face, but it's not personal. It is just business. Uh, and make sure that you are figuring that into your margins. Uh, now, are we talking like some ungodly 15% return rate? No. Uh, you know, if you have a regular 2 or 3% return rate, maybe it goes to 6%. Uh, but I, I don't think you're going to see anything like a, a 15 or 20% return rate on things. Uh, maybe unless you're, you're really heavy in the shoes and clothing category, uh, you know, and your grandma doesn't remember that you're now 18 and you don't wear a, a, a size small anymore. All right. Um, but yeah, make sure that you're aware of what's going to happen. Make sure you have a plan in place. So some things that are going to get returned to you that uh, are items that maybe are switcheroos uh, and you're going to want to work on getting those reimbursed. Uh, maybe there are items that uh, are returned and Amazon says they're damaged, but they actually aren't, which is like 80% of the stuff I get back, Amazon says is damaged and then it, it can sell just fine. Uh, so have a plan for being able to process that and send it back in if necessary um, yeah, but just be ready for it. Realize it's, even though we complain about it or joke about it, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely not going to be the end of the world and, and maybe save over a little bit of your profits from, you know, October through December to carry you through when those returns do tick up just a little bit, uh, and you've got a little bit of extra runway, uh, for your business. So any other tips for return you worry that, that I may have missed? Uh, deep breaths. Uh, you know, yeah. It's, uh, you know, have, uh, have some sort of plan when you get a Halloween costume mid January. 
back. That's uh, you know, make sure no veins are going to pop or, or anything like that. That's uh, that's my biggest advice. Yeah, that I, I don't know. I, I don't know who has the guts to do that. I just I don't know. I couldn't do that to somebody. I couldn't do it even if it's you know just the the faceless Amazon overlords. I couldn't <laughs> like let my kid wear a, a Halloween costume, throw up candy all down the front of it, and then <laughs> right. return it to to them. Uh, but there will be a TikTok channel, you know. Hey, follow me to get find out how to get a free Halloween costume from Amazon. Right. Yeah, that's just just crazy to me. Uh, but it, even though we did kind of end this on a sour note, there there is more good than bad. Uh, you know, it sometimes doesn't feel like that, but uh, it is going to be a net positive. Uh, there is going to be opportunity everywhere, uh, uh, and especially when you go out and, and look for it. So uh, now, saying all of that, Chris, uh, before we end the show, what is the quote of the week this week? Yeah, I found a good one for uh, uh, the topic. Um, let's try this one. Uh, it's not about having the right opportunities. It's about handling the opportunities right. Uh, that's from Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter. I like I like that one. And I I don't know. That one, that one kind of means a lot to me because there are there are so many opportunities that we can take advantage of. Uh, you know, and I don't know, I, I know that I've been, I've been guilty of this kind of like, oh, well, th- this isn't the right opportunity. Although had I actually taken it, it probably, I probably could have turned it into something really, really good. Uh, and then that's on me, unfortunately. Uh, I, I'd like to think I've turned a little bit of a corner and maybe uh, take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of me rather than uh, trying to wait for, uh, for the exact right one to come down the road. But yeah, I really do like that quote. Yeah, I uh, I like that. Uh, you know, I usually have on my spreadsheets, and you know, I have that goal tracking um, template that that you can get for free. Um, but I usually just start a new month. I just have tabs along the bottom, um, mm-hmm. so I've got I've got year over year. And and when I when I make a new tab, I I go back to last year's. Like I just did this. You know, the first of every month, I end up doing it. Um, you know, I'll go back to September of 21 and I'll just duplicate the tab and then rename it and slide it up front. But, you know, it's always a, a good opportunity to look at what I was doing 12 months ago, you know, uh-huh. exactly a year ago, you know, because especially that goal tracking, because I have what I wanted to sell at the top and then I've tracked my sales and tracked my purchases in those two columns and I see what I actually, you know, roughly what I did sell and then what I bought and, and then, you know, to compare it, you know, so like talking about, you know, handling the opportunities, right. You know, that's, that's a good kind of uh, freeze frame. It, it, it creates some gratitude, you know, and, and you kind of, it, it, it's a good time to kind of take a moment and go, all right, th- this is how far I've come in 12 months, you know, like, mm-hmm whether you thought that was good or whether you're grinding it out 12 months ago, you know, compared to, you know, you're fresh off a, a whatever you did in August. So you have that sales number, you've got whatever you're going to plug in for your goal this month, this September, and, and you get to reflect on how far you've come. So, you know, I, I always kind of take a moment and, and go, all right, you know, I, there was a, I forget what the quote is, but it, you know, somebody was talking about basically if, if you don't, 
if you don't sit and look back and think about how stupid you were a year ago, you're not growing, <laughs> you know, you're like, you're not doing it right. So, um, but this, you know, you could do that in a, in a positive connotation too, not necessarily calling yourself stupid, but it's, you know, it's good to take a moment and, and, and kind of go, man, you know, that's where I was a year ago and, and here I am now. Yeah. I like that. And for those of you who may not know uh, that goal tracking spreadsheet, it's right down below uh, this video uh, or, uh, or this podcast in the show notes. Uh, and you can download a uh, absolutely free copy for yourself and go through it. All right. That was a good episode. I hope that you guys have an absolutely awesome Q4. If you could do us a huge favor, please uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, leave us a, a question or a comment down below. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Uh, it helps us out a ton. Uh, or uh, take a screenshot and share this in your favorite FBA group or on social media. Tag us. We'd love to see that uh, and say hi anywhere uh, and share this with your friends. All right. Thanks. That's uh, that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.